The second noble truth of the Four Noble Truths is the cause of dukkha is craving, clinging, attachment, wanting, yearning, <coughs> craving. Okay. Now, wait a minute. If craving is the cause of dukkha, I've never craved for dukkha. <laughs> We've craved for other things. And the Buddha said, yes, and that's what causes the dukkha. Well, wait a minute. I kind of grew up with this assumption, or even a belief, that if I could get what I want, then I'd be happy. Doesn't that sound logical? I mean, doesn't that... Isn't, is that assumption in in your history somewhere, if I could get what I want, if I could get the education I want, the job I want, the relationship I want, the car I want, the family I want, the house I want, the retirement account I want, and stay healthy with the body that I'm working hard to keep, then I'll be happy. We've been doing that. Are we totally content and satisfied with the way things are yet? And why not? Well, because... Wanting, craving, clinging. Well, it's clear. If you want something and can't get it, well, then you're really unhappy, right? If you want something and can't get it, that's that's unpleasant. That's that's not not happy making. But the Buddha said, if you want something and get it, that's also unhappy making. Now, wait a minute. How does that happen? If you want something and you get it. Okay, if what you want is living, it's a living being, a living plant, a living pet, it is susceptible to old age, sickness, and death. And you've got to care for that. Right? If it's a metal, it's going to rust or corrode. If it's digital, it's going to be outdated in six months. <laughs> if it's valuable, you have to insure it and protect it from thieves, if it's really valuable, the government will take their share and you have to insure it. And you have to earn the money to insure it. And it's like everything that we get can be superseded by the next generation of it. I remember watching the Olympics where someone in the finals of weightlifting and you know, someone who next to the last contestant lifted some weight that he never lifted before and was bound to be the winner. You know, the gold medal. And he was ecstatic. He was just beside himself. And then the last contestant, which, you know, kind of had to fulfill their final try, tried something even more, and did it. And the gold medal, the expectant gold medal winner, had his joy for about two minutes. And then it was taken away. Somebody was better. And so even accomplishments, personal accomplishments, are only a temporary satisfaction. We all want to experience gaining rather than losing. We all want praise instead of blame. We all want fame instead of disrepute. We all want pleasure instead of pain. And yet we all experience both ends of the spectrum. Okay, 
So we want knowledge, we want things, we want status, we want profit, we want gratification, we want health, we want long life, we want all of our sense doors to work continuously good, we want a, an agreeable sense of self that we can relate to, and we want an agreeable sense of other that we can relate to more intimately. We want security, we want approval. We pursue, our life is just a rampant pursuit for all these things that we want. Now, most of us are of the age where we've already pursued and gotten a lot. Right? When does it end? Does it ever end? Because I'm sure, as I'm sitting here, that there's still some desire, wanting, something that you want and need in your life to really be happy. To finish it off, so to speak. Where is contentment? Where is the end of desire? Where is the end of attachment, clinging, craving? Is it possible? Well, the second noble truth, the Buddha said, you know, we seek, we want, you know, pleasant experience. And sometimes we end up in a spiritual path, a spiritual practice, thinking, well, if I can't get it that way, I'm going to get it spiritually. And so we come on retreats like this, you know, and when you come on a retreat like this, you leave all your, you know, all that mundane stuff behind and you come and you enjoy the spiritual life of sitting and walking. And what do you want here? How about a good sitting? Well, as one of your community members has acknowledged, there's nothing like a good sitting to ruin the rest of your day. Because you think, well, that's the way it's going to be for the rest of the day. But well, that's the way it's going to be for the rest of the retreat. And it's not. So even if you get the spiritual goodies that you want, they don't satisfy. Bummer. Okay, so the Buddha said we want pleasant experience. He also said we want or we crave continued existence. What does that mean? Let's just kind of bring it into the present moment. What does craving continued existence mean? Well, let me just ask. Did you have? Did you do any planning today? <laughs> what is planning? Planning is well, imagining a better future elsewhere, and we're putting in all the effort to kind of create and design in our mind. You know how it's going to be more satisfying, more happy making, more pleasing, more rewarding somehow if we do this in the future. And when we get there, we'll be making plans for other futures. Like, I mean, last week we were planning to come here, right? And here we are. Satisfied? You got what you wanted. You're on retreat. Okay. This craving for a future other than what you're experiencing now is called samsara. It's looking for continual happiness out in front of you somewhere, never stopping to kind of be here, content, finish the job. We crave pleasant experiences, we crave continued existence. The Buddha was really comprehensive. He said we also crave the end of existence. Now, that sounds pretty scary, but what does that mean? Well, remember earlier today when you had a sitting where your mind was just a mess, where your body was in screeching agony, and you just said, to yourself, 
I wish this was over with. <laughs> or something like that. We wish that it would just come to an end. We also crave that. The stopping of this experience. If we can imagine how to do that. So this craving as the cause of suffering is pretty kind of like, yeah, and... Recent studies have shown that what we think will make us happy doesn't make us as happy as we think it should. And what we fear or imagine will make us unhappy doesn't make us as unhappy as we imagine. Studies of recent lottery winners and those who had a catastrophic accident or a a diagnosis reveals that their baseline happiness before winning the lottery and a year after winning the lottery is the same. Baseline happiness before getting a diagnosis or before having a catastrophic accident is the same a year later. So what we think we want won't really make us happy. So the conclusions is of these two of these studies is that we don't really know what will make us happy, and our idea of happiness is independent of the way things really are. So all we can do is agree or acknowledge that happiness doesn't depend on external things, but rather on our mind's relationship to or our heart's relationship to things. Second noble truth, craving, craving as the second noble truth, is to be abandoned. And we do it in this practice a lot every day. You know, when you just notice that your mind is wandering and you're off in la la land, off in some fantasy, craving some imagined future out there, and you notice that, you just go, not now, thank you. And we let go. This is letting go of craving, abandoning craving. This is the practice of the second noble truth. And as we continue our practice, we'll have opportunities to abandon, let go of everything we're holding on to. And where do we get with that? Well, the Buddha said there's a third noble truth. 